Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today is part three of our teaching series, Return of the Gods, with author Jonathan Kahn. God is still on the throne, my friends, and prayer changes things. As you and your family prepare for Christmas, remember to check out all of the Bible-based and Christ-centered gifts that are available at our website, swrc.com. With over 1,000 items, you can do your Christmas shopping and at the same time support Watchmen on the Wall. We have gifts from Jerusalem, Christmas-themed movies, and a huge selection of books and DVDs. We also have gift subscriptions available for the Prophecy in the News magazine swrc.com. Shop for friends and family and support the ministry and outreach of Watchmen on the Wall. swrc.com. Or give us a call 1-800-652-1144. Is it possible that the gods lie behind everything from what appears at this very moment to be transforming America and much of the world? Jonathan Kahn is here to answer this question and reveal an ancient mystery that appeared in New York City. Well, Jonathan, give us a recap of the mystery of the gods or where we left off. Just kind of bring us up to snuff. Mystery that is affecting everything behind everything. The thing is that what we call gods are actually there is something behind them. The Bible says they're actually spirits called the Shedim. So the thing is that we live in a culture, Western culture, that has been exercised of the gods and the spirits by the gospel. But there's a warning that Jesus gives. We think it's just talking about a person, but it's a civilization. If this culture has ever turns back, turns away from God, turns away from the very things that are protecting it right now, that by which the gods were cast out, turns away from prayer, turns away from all these things, then the ancient spirits are going to return, the same ones. They're going to return, the ancient gods are going to return to America, to the West, and they're going to seek to repossess it. And they're going to initiate a process called paganization or repaganization. We are witnessing everything. This is behind everything that you're dealing with with the culture, everything that you're dealing with around you. This is the return of the gods. I knew this was going to be explosive, but it's also going to put everything in place and empower you. After reading your book and listening to these programs that we're doing, you'll be able to look at the news, the nightly news, with greater depth of understanding, because you will see all of this unfolding every day in the newspapers and magazines and the music that's coming out and what the kids are looking at and all of the transgender craziness. This is all what we're talking about. This is what Jonathan Kahn is talking about. So, Jonathan, there was another side to the goddess, a mystery that has transformed our culture. What exactly is that? There's something strange about the goddess. Something strange about, we spoke about one who was known as Ishtar in the Bible, as a Torah, and others. Something very strange, and that is when I looked at the inscriptions, I'm looking at the texts of these ancient inscriptions, and she says in this, I am a woman, I am a man. It says that in one of the hymns, it says, you, the goddess, have the power to turn men into women and women into men. You want to understand what's happening now? (laughs) This is the spirit that she blurred the distinctions 
between male and female. She was female, and yet she had masculine nature, a quality, and she had the power in her mythology to do this. So this spirit is that which is going to bend gender, blur gender, replace gender, the distinction between man and woman, woman and man, boy and girl, girl and boy, male and female. And so this is gigantic. What would happen if she returned? Now, the other thing, Larry, is that when you look at the return of the gods, first they come in kind of slowly, you know, because you can't just come in and reveal yourself. So it's step by step by step by step. So when America's turning away from God, step by step, you know, when we took God out of the school, we never would have imagined what would come into the school, which is now the deeper work of the goddess. It takes a little time to start seeing it, because first you've got to do the first things, turn away from God, turn away from marriage, then you're going to start seeing this. And so if she returned to the culture, what would we expect to see? We'd expect to see a war on gender. We'd expect to see the blurring of gender, man, woman, woman, man. That is exactly what we have seen and are seeing right now. Well, what about the goddess transforming men? Is she doing that now, and how do we see it? Yeah, well, she's doing both, <laughs> you know, women and men. Yes. These are signs of possession. You're going to see things, and we're all going to see things, that, like, we're saying, why, how could people even say this or think this? It's so irrational. It makes no yes. sense. Well, that is a sign that is something more than natural. It is supernatural, and it is possession. So she is going to transform both. So she's going to transform women first and then men. What she's going to do to women, and she'll do the opposite to men, is she's going to defeminize women. She's going to seek to masculinize women. And how does she do it? She's going to war against roles for functions, taking on the functions of women, motherhood. She's going to war against motherhood. She never was much of a mother. <laughs> this one. You know, she was never a real wife. She was never faithful. So she's going to war against marriage. She's going to war against motherhood. She's going to war against the family. She's going to tell women, you have to rebel against womanhood, you know, and you have to become masculine. You have to take on the roles of men. And so we've been watching this. One of the forms of this is radical feminism. Yeah. Same time, in the 1960s, this is the spirit of the goddess. You see, angry women. Well, this goddess was angry, an angry woman. She raged against male leadership. So we're going to see that as well. It says in the ancient hymns, it says she gives weapons to women. So she's going to also militarize women, something we never saw. In, first of all, in our culture, we're going to see women fighting and punching and getting punched. We never saw that before. And we're going to see women, you know, we're going to see, you know, the, the, the woman superhero that is basically masculine. We're also seeing even women being militarized in the army. That's all part of the goddess. But as you said, she's also going to be affecting men in the same way or the opposite way. The goddess had a mysterious priesthood. What does it have to do with what is now taking place in our culture? What she's going to do to men is going to affect the priesthood as well. In the same way as she masculinizes women, and we're seeing this all in the culture, she's also going to seek to feminize men. She's going to seek to emasculate men. And so we're seeing that too. You see the attack on men, the attack on male leadership. When a man acts masculine, they'll say it's toxic masculinity. Yes. When a woman acts masculine, they'll applaud it. What craziness? What is that? This is a spirit. So it says she gives weapons to men, which has been a typical the protectors and providers, and she's going to start stripping away that function from men. Even from boys, she's going to get them addicted to video games. She's going to channel the sexuality into pornography, and she's going to attack men and attack boys. Men are to be weak and women are to be strong. That's according to the goddess. So we're seeing that. But then, in her own priesthood, she had a priesthood that was actually a strange priesthood. And in her temples were men who 
actually dressed as women. They're her priest dressed as women. They were called the Kalu, they were called the Asinu. They dressed as women, they acted like women, they spoke as women. And so we're going to see, she takes over the culture, we're going to see the same thing, androgyny is coming back. Mm. She's the androgynous spirit, the androgynous goddess. And we're going to see that male and female are going to be merged together. There's going to be a movement to have, for instance, boys dress as girls and girls dress as boys. We're going to see her priests, basically today they would be called cross-dressers or drag queens. That's the way we call them now. If she comes back, we're going to see a revival of drag queens, men dressing as women. This is something that used to be part of ancient culture, pagan culture. Well, when you see this returning, this is the return of the goddess. It's a sign for you. And so we have children being told this. And then we bring children to the library to be read by men dressed up as women. This is craziness. It's madness. But it's the goddess. This is explaining all of it. The big craze in many towns, even small American towns that you would think would be pretty straight-laced, we see drag queens at the local public library. Little kids are there, and there are some pictures I've seen, you've probably seen too. The drag queens are sitting on the stage with their legs kind of open. They take a kid, put the kid on their lap. It's all very revolting, you know. And there have been some people, some parents who have been speaking against this, and people, parents who support us, get angry, you're a mean old man, you know, that kind of thing. It's like these people have been bewitched by demons. And guess what? Yeah. They really have. That's exactly what your book is all about. But Jonathan, one of the biggest issues in our culture is that of gender and transgenderism. You reveal that behind even that lies an ancient mystery. Tell us about that, and that is fascinating. The priests of the goddess not only dressed the other sex, the ancient inscriptions speak about, first of all, same-sex relations. Of course, we've seen the explosion in that. That's all part of the goddess. But also, it says she turns men into women. She turns women into men. So, therefore, this is not just, you know, that they act like it. She turns. And then literally, Larry, a portion of her priesthood was actually surgically transitioned surgically transitioned, and that affected their hormones, all that. Well, that's what she did back then. And so now, so we have now the movement, so it's the next part of the movement, the movement of transsexuality, or they'll call it transgenderism, or transitioning. This is the goddess. This is what she did. And she did it back then. She did it to her priesthood. Well, now, you know, remember the parable? It said when the spirits come back, they're coming back worse. It's going to be like eight times worse. Well, now she's not seeking just to transition her priesthood. She's seeking to transition an entire generation. She's confusing children and then transitioning them. And when you look at this, Larry, when you say, how could any adult do this to a child? How could any adult, what possesses them? Well, we know what possesses them. When I look at some of this stuff, I say, hey, that's child abuse. In fact, if a parent disciplines their child and there is a place for disciplining your child, a lot of times the social worker will show up and take the child away from the parent. You're a mean old Christian. And yet, I think the worst child abuse that we're seeing now is these puberty blockers, things that girls wear real tight to 
kind of flatten their breasts or whatever. That's crazy. I mean, why aren't we complaining about that? Fortunately, some are, but we need to be speaking out. In fact, I remember when President Biden, when he was running, one of the ladies who had a, an eight-year-old boy, it was a big interview. She said, do you believe in transgender rights? Oh, I sure do. That's a madly created category. Transgender rights, give me a break. That's never happened before. You plant a seed in a teenager's mind or sometimes the mind of an eight-year-old or a five-year-old and you say, oh, well, what do you say? Oh, I think I need to be a girl. Oh, honey, we'll help you. Now, here's a five-year-old making a major decision about their sexuality. What's wrong with parents? They're out of their minds. Child abuse. What else? It makes no sense, but this is why it is. We have more insight from Jonathan Kahn in just a moment. The complete Watchmen on the Wall series you're listening to is available on CD when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Jonathan Kahn's brand new book and eight DVD set, The Return of the Gods, is available today. In Return of the Gods, Jonathan Kahn examines questions including... Is it possible that these gods lie behind the most pivotal events, forces, and movements taking place in our nation and around the world at this very moment? Are the gods at this very moment transforming our culture, our children, our lives, and America itself? Could this mystery have even determined the exact days on which Supreme Court decisions had to be handed down? And what is the Dark Trinity? The Return of the Gods book and DVD set are available to answer these questions. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order The Return of the Gods book and 8 DVD set. That's 1-800-652-1144 or order online swrc.com. The Return of the Gods 8-DVD set is only available in a few select locations, including right here at Watchmen on the Wall. Order now while supplies last. 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online, swrc.com. Now, back to Jonathan Kahn and Dr. Larry Spargimino. Well, The Return of the Gods, your excellent book, reveals an ancient mystery that exploded on the streets of New York City and transformed American and world culture. Boy, that's interesting. Tell us about that. Yeah, all this, this whole thing about gender, of same sex, of all the whole thing, pride, rainbow, all that, that began with one event in New York City. Interesting, New York City is also where you have the bail, <laughs> the manifestation, yeah. you have this. And it happened with a riot that was called the Stonewall Riot, and yes. centered on this bar. And the thing is that, the amazing thing, is that night when it all began, it was filled, infused, saturated, permeated with the signs of the goddess. It was like a manifestation of the goddess in New York City. It's really mind-blowing. Well, if we could touch on some of those things that happened. Tell us that about the mystery of the gate, and we want to talk about the Eshdam and Harim too, and all of those. The goddess is always drawn to the gate. 
in her mythology, she's the goddess of the gates, and she forces the gate open. Well, first, what is the gate of America, the gate of Western civilization right now? It's New York City. So the whole thing is, that's transformed the world has begun in New York City, the gate. The other thing is the goddess was the goddess of something called the Eshtam. The Eshtam in the ancient writings of Mesopotamia are called her home, even her temple. What was the Eshtam? The Eshtam was actually a bar, a tavern, an alehouse. Well, the entire Stonewall riots all begins at this bar called Stonewall. That is the place of the goddess's possession. So this whole thing began with that. And then there's something called the harem too. The place of the goddess was not just a bar, but a bar linked to prostitution. Remember, she's the goddess of prostitution. Stonewall was a bar linked to prostitution. And she, the goddess is also linked to, of course, we know gender bending, gender crossing. Right. Well, that was the bar linked to all that. Every single thing linked to the goddess was there that night. Well, what about the uh, House of Harimtu? How does that tie in? Yeah, well, Harimtu is actually a name for the goddess, which is a prostitute. You know, the ones who led this uprising were actually male prostitutes. This was part of her temple, and they actually led the uprising, the entire thing. Everything about this was like dripping with the presence of the goddess. I've often heard school teachers who are woke and on the left, they, you know, they talk about kids today being the most sexually liberated. They're praising that. They're so happy about that. But they're not. When you get dragged into perversion, that's not liberation. That's bondage. And I think we're seeing more and more bondage. You were talking about pornography before. We see it's so widespread. It's so accessible on cell phones and so on and so forth. So this is literally a demonic evil force that's coming across the land, even the world, like a black fog and forcing so many people into a lifestyle that's not one of liberty, not one of freedom, not one of joy and happiness, but one of bondage and misery. And people are trying to force this kind of a thing on people. I think in certain states and certain places, if you're gay and you realize it's wrong and you go to a preacher like me or to you and, and you say, well, can you help me get out of this? And they actually are asking you. You're not forcing it upon them. They want it. They want to be liberated. If you give them good biblical counsel, you can be arrested. Jonathan, that's horrible. It's crazy. And yet, yet it is exactly what is in the mystery of the gods. And that is that when they start gaining power, Every knee shall bow. You have to partake in it. And that's one of the reasons why I believe it's so important for people to get it, because we are all dealing with this. And the culture is trying to say, bow your knee. That's why the book and with the duties to arm God's people. I think that's really important because I think some people don't realize how far we've gone in the wrong direction. And I think one of the strongest agents of change in America has been the public school system. You know, I've pastored small churches in the country and so on and so forth, and there are school teachers in the church who are Christian, but, you know, they tell me it's an impossible battle because the textbooks that are being used are not written for some little town like Godibo, Oklahoma. They're written for the big cities. They've got all kinds of crazy things, all kinds of anti-Christian things in them, all kinds of things that lead people into a lifestyle of perversion. So it's everywhere, even in little towns. But Jonathan, what about the mystery behind the name that has defined the movement? around the world, right. millions, it's all based on what happened at Stonewall. 
Well, now, interesting, because when I looked at the inscriptions of the goddess, she actually rages and makes her platform on the city wall, the wall, first of all. Secondly, in one of the things where she gets angry, and this is the riots for her anger of the goddess, it's actually as if she possessed those people on the streets, and they went into a frenzy. And it said to her, you are the stone that breaks the stone wall. That's from her mythology, the stone wall. And literally, her spirit was trying to have the people pound that wall to get inside that place called stone wall. The word stone wall comes from her tablets. What you just said, you're really saying that the mythology associated with these gods are actually revealing what's going on right now, and knowing them, we can know where this is going. That's fantastic. So this ancient mythology has the secrets. Yes. Even the timing of everything, when it happened, where it happened, how it happened. I'll give you another example. One of the things is when the spirit goes to war, the lion appears, or specifically the lion's head is part of the goddess's appearance, the lion's head. On that night, there is the appearance of a lion's head. Mm. I mean, that's crazy, but that's part of the mythology. It's amazing. Well, what about the avatar? The whole movement was triggered by a woman who actually set the crowd basically aflame. And the woman actually, just like the goddess of the woman, the woman actually has the characteristics of Ishtar, the goddess. She actually resembles it. She actually has all these features have to do with Ishtar. And not only that, but Ishtar was called Storm because she was ferocious. So it's called, you are the storm, with loud storm, thundering storm. You know, all this praise to her called Storm. The woman's name was Storm. Amazing, the woman who was like the avatar channeling the goddess that set this whole movement on fire. Well, what about the dance of the goddess? Well, there's a thing in the ancient inscriptions, there's something called the dance of the goddess where the goddess dances in warfare. And it actually is a dance of destruction. In the middle of this riot, talk about possession of the spirit, there are people in the riot start dancing. They start performing a dance. And they start chanting words of a song that links back to the tablets of ancient Mesopotamia that has to do with the goddess. So as they're dancing, the whole crowd goes into a frenzy. And then, you know, one of the things, the goddess was also the goddess of fire. They actually tried to set the bar stonewall on fire with policemen inside it. I mean, it was just craziness, but it's amazing. Well, what about the mystery of the moon, the sun, and the spell? Well, even the timing of when this happened is all determined by the ancient mystery. It's amazing. Everything you see, the rainbow, the pride things, all the marches, all that began there, and it began at a set time. There's one month in the year that is the month of the goddess's special possession. It's actually named after her lover, one of her lovers, and and it's the month of Tammuz. The Stonewall Riot happens specifically in the month of Tammuz, the month of the goddess. The time at the end of that month is a time when it gets specifically intense. Her power is to get intense. It's under the full moon of Tammuz that everything goes to its completion. Well, the whole weekend of Stonewall happened under the full moon of Tammuz, happened by the time in the days linked to the the summer solstice, which is a pagan time of intense activity linked to the goddess. It happened then as well. And the whole thing was sealed. Stonewall was sealed on the 10th of Tammuz. The 10th of Tammuz, I found in the ancient Babylonian writings, is appointed for the day you cast a spell to cause a man to love a man. Mm. Wow, this is getting 
deeper and deeper and deeper. So the next question, why does everyone listening need to get a copy of your book, The Return of the Gods? Larry and I can only give a taste of this here. There is so much. This is pulling away the veil behind everything that's happening. I mean, as you can see, it's explaining everything. You need to know it. The people in your life need to know it. It's also to arm you. It's to give you the power and the weapon to deal with these things. Because I don't care who you are, you're being affected by this. And you're being affected by them and the gods. And so this is to reveal it, expose it, give you power, arm it in your life, and equip you as well. It's like the antidote as well as where is it all going? What do you need to know to prevail in the days to come? That's the reason you want to get the book, even for people in your life. I know I'm thinking of Hosea 4, I think, where it says, my people perish for a lack of what? Knowledge. And yes, and what you're providing is knowledge, how to combat this thing. And and the first step is to recognize it. And I think so many parents today, they've been so brainwashed by our culture. They don't really go to a good Bible-believing church. They don't read the scripture. They don't have a pastor who faithfully preaches the word of God. They're just being carried away by this kind of thing. And then also tell us about the special exclusive DVD album, The Return of the Gods Uncensored. That's always a big hit with our listeners. Yeah, this is exclusive. You cannot get this on Amazon. You can't get it in a bookstore. This is only, I've made it to a number of friends I have in the ministry, and that's exclusive to you. This is the eight DVD album, the uncensored version, things that could not even be in the book, the mystery of the shepherd, the mystery of the Galu, video footage where you're going to see some things I said, the unveiling of the Arch of Baal, which is nowhere. You're going to see the gods. You're going to see the priesthood on the eight DVDs. You're going to get what is nowhere else on earth. So you definitely want to get it. And it's also an antidote for you to strengthen you and everybody around you. If you're new to the program, be sure to request our free new listener pack. The new listener pack officially welcomes you to the family, gives you some history on the ministry, and it includes a free gift just for you. Request your new listener pack when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Is it possible that what we in the modern world take as nothing more than ancient mythology could actually possess a reality beyond our fathoming? Find out in Jonathan Kahn's new book and DVD set, The Return of the Gods. Who is the possessor, the enchanter, the destroyer, and the sorceress? You'll know after you read and watch The Return of the Gods. Could a sign that has appeared all over America and the world be linked to the gods of Mesopotamia? And if so, what does it actually mean? You'll discover the answers to these and many more questions when you have Jonathan Kahn's brand new book and eight DVD set entitled The Return of the Gods. The Return of the Gods book and eight DVD set by Jonathan Kahn is available when you call one 800 652 1144. That's 1 800 652 1144. You can always order online swrc.com. Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday with more listener favorites ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos. Don't miss a moment of Watchmen on the Wall. Download our SWRC mobile app 
or simply subscribe to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Head into the weekend, my friends, with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Please visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.